0: And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Dei Radio. I'm your host, Miriam Marston, and it's a joy to be with you each week as we explore the church's mission of evangelization. And over the last couple of years, we've had a few artists come on the show to share how they are participating in this beautiful mission of the church. And this week, I'm grateful to have a chance to chat with Andrew Goldstein, who recently released an album called Wisdom to Wonder. And for those of you who are local, I do want to add that Andrew will be performing at the Grotto in Portland on May 7th, so I encourage you all to check out that opportunity. And I'm actually going to let his music take the lead on this episode, and then you'll hear our conversation. So the song I'm about to share is entitled, In the Garden, and it begins with these words. In the garden of every heart comes the most beautiful story ever written. As planet affects planet. So, too, are we affected by you. Give me a drink of your living water that I may never come thirsting again. Come, Messiah, cleanse my weary heart. At your well, my world falls apart. So please enjoy the song and the interview as my guest describes how music has the power to open our hearts and make us more available to what God has in store for us.
2: Ever written as planet affects planet, so too are we affected by you. Give me a drink of your living water that I So... Holding-
0: I'm delighted to be joined today by Andrew Goldstein, who serves as the music director at St. Michael Parish in Olympia, and he's married with three kids and one on the way. Andrew, welcome to the show. How are you today?
3: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Miriam. It's a pleasure.
0: Well, you know, Andrew, let's go ahead and dive in. Um, I would love for you to kind of share with us how the beauty of the faith and how Christ was shared with you, as you look back onto your own story, where did you see the work of the Holy Spirit? What did that look like and how did he guide you through these different chapters?
3: Yeah, I grew up in the Catholic Church um, and I was sort of the uh, kind of run-of-the-mill Catholic kid. I mean, I, I went to church and and did CCD and, and that was that. Um, and it wasn't really until I was a teenager that I, I started settling it a little bit more of like, okay, this is important and there's something to do here. Um, and so I, I had a really like profound healing experience and, and, and an oh, opening wow. wide experience uh, on, on a Steubenville retreat. So shout out to Steubenville for the amazing work that they do. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was one of those things where my, my heart just came like super alive and, and I was young and excited and, and I didn't know what to do with it. And so I kind of returned to my parish and, um, felt kind of stuck. I I didn't really know Hmm. what to do. Um, So I mean a lot of digging and uh, diving around and trying to find, okay, where's these where are these people who are really excited about the faith or about Christ um led me toward the the charismatic movement. Um, And so this was in, in middle of Connecticut, uh there was this beautiful group of people who who gathered weekly and um you know explored charismatic prayer and um, you know, we are super alive with the gifts of the Holy spirit. And that was, was really compelling to me. I'd never like seen anything like that. Um, right. and so, um, from there, I, I mean, I kind of kept going. I'm like, there has to be more, there has to be more. Um, and that actually kind of led me sadly, like o- away from the church for a while. Mm. Um, I got really excited about like Hillsong cause their music was incredible and I'm a music nerd and I'm like, hey, that's gotta be the place. Like they're jumping up and down. It's alive. Um, and, you know, dabbled in some other places, but, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it never really like felt, um, it always felt incomplete. Hmm. And so, um, after like a lot of discerning and, and, and kind of going to both mass and other services side by side, yeah. um, felt this call to come back to the church fully and like, um, especially like receive the Eucharist and, and yeah. be full into the sacraments and, um, it was a, uh, an interesting time and a lot to sort through, but um, the Lord was definitely kind of calling me back to the church, not only with, um, you know, here's the truth and this is the fullness. and um, But there was this longing of like, okay, these things that I'm seeking for, like um, this alive faith and, and yeah. deep music and um, those things need to be present in the church um, with the fullness of the sacraments. Um, so my, my journey kind of led me back to the church. Um, I never in a million years thought I'd be working for a parish as a music director. Um, I always just really loved going to mass and, and, um, and God just kind of kept directing things. Um, for me, it was always like, a the more I leaned in, the more things started making sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm a workaholic. I, I worked in music my whole career and I've worked on like opera houses and orchestras and concert halls and, um, and all those things were really, really, really good. Um, but ultimately like never super fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God kept kind of chipping at my heart. Like there's gotta be more that you can do. Um, and it, mm-hmm. things started really taking a turn in 2019. 2019 was like that pivot moment again in my life. Um, yeah. I was on a retreat, and um, my phone kept ringing. I mean, like <laughs> incessantly ringing. I'm sitting in adoration, and it's quiet, and like they just brought the monstrance monsters out, and and my phone is buzzing like I've never heard it buzz before. And I had this moment of like, I have to choose whether I'm going to be here with Jesus or work right now and leave this room. Yeah. Um, and I it was a really hard choice, but I'm like, well, I'm going to be here with Jesus. Like I'm on retreat. I need to like have some boundaries and be here with Jesus. Right. Um, And so um, I, I leaned in and, and that kind of firmed up a lot of things in my life. I I ended up leaving the job I was working um, and decided it didn't have like the, the right necessarily right fit for that moment Mm -hmm. Um, and decided like, okay, well, I'm going to use this time to, to like, start writing more music and and lean into these things that do kind of make more sense yeah. um and then COVID happened and the, yeah. the kind of the canvas was there right it's like okay well here I am I'm I'm a parish music director and I've got this time and I'm gonna I'm gonna write some music yeah. um and so uh that's how we ended up with a with an album and I'm happy to talk a whole lot more about that but oh absolutely um, no I
0: want I want to hear more about <laughs> it yeah yeah um, you were talking about kind of the call back to the, to the church, Andrew. And was this happening kind of in your, in your prayer life or were there people in the community who were calling you back? Was it family? Was it friends? What was that voice like? Does that make sense? Yeah. It totally
3: makes sense. It's a lot of both. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I was newly married and so, um, we we got married within the catholic church and and then sort of all of this happened okay. um and my my wife was so patient like outrageously patient um but she was definitely one of those voices that's like okay I, I i see what you mean but like you you don't understand this yet um and so i mean she she was one of those people that chiseled and chipped awesome. and and awesome. just waited um and then, yeah, I mean, I, I I remember at one point kind of turning to her and saying like, okay, Hillsong's really great. Bethel's really great. Like, I, I get what they're doing. It's really exciting. But like, man, I wish they just kind of went from that sermon into the Eucharistic prayer. Like, there's something missing here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so it, it was at those kind of things coming together that that really firmed up like, okay, there's there's a fullness to the Catholic faith that I I don't think I really understood when I like stepped away from it in, in some ways um,
0: yeah 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 so I and I want to hear more about your own music and your own projects but first speaking more broadly about those connections between music faith evangelization how have you seen that harmony uh, between uh, sort of the mission that the church has to share the faith and this gift of music how have those worked together in your own experience sort of generally speaking
3: yeah, I mean, music is one of those things that um, can just open up a heart so much. Um, and I think people inherently know that. I think that there's a reason like we really love symphonies, right? Like you go out and you you go to the orchestra and there's that moment where like the stage goes dark and the conductor walks out and and like the room is excited and then, oh, every heart melts as like the orchestra starts playing. Um That's a really powerful tool. And it's always been a very powerful tool. I mean, even in the early church, there was, there was a reason why we weren't too keen on like, we want the harp and the lyre because it was like, okay, we've got the pagans over here doing that. And that's really powerful. And they're doing these rituals that we don't want to be a part of. And so music has this deep power and this deep way of transforming our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was always really excited about that. And, and working in classical music, that was something that I was like, oh, this is so good. I love, like, yeah. we're changing people's lives. Like, it's the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. So when you unite that to the church, there's something really interesting. Like, it, when you use music for the purpose of, of glorifying God, right, uniting that fully to, as a path toward evangelizing people, and as a path toward opening their heart to To be available to what God has in store for them, um, and so being a, a parish music director has been a really interesting experience. I'm 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 a young guy. I'm I'm only thirty, and I I grew up with um, kind of the hymnody of the eighties and the nineties, and mm-hmm. um and and I grew to grew to love that in my childhood. But yeah. um, I didn't know there was a whole lot more to Catholic music. Like growing up, I'm like, okay, this is this is what it is. Like this is what we have. This is what we know, and um, mm-hmm. It wasn't until I started really diving in and looking at the church's history of this that I got to see there's a, a massive treasure trove of music and texts and things yet to be realized that that the church actually really needs people to go forward and realize, um, both for liturgical and, and non-liturgical purposes, um, mm-hmm. because there is this fullness and this truth. And and people have been thinking about this for a few thousand years now, Um <laughs> You know, ultimately, you know there's nothing I could write or say that would be as powerful as something that has been chewed on for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, and that's the opportunity that music has, especially right now in this moment, is um, to be able to take that emotion and open wide a door and have this fullness that's just waiting and knocking, and it's available. We just need an avenue for it..
0: Yeah. So. Oh, beautiful. Uh, for those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with Andrew Goldstein, who serves as a mu- the music director at St. Michael Parish in Olympia. And you're married with three kids and one on the way. And in the midst of all of that, so much going on, I'm sure. Uh, but this project uh, came to life in the last couple of years. You said the canvas was there at the beginning of COVID. I think that's the phrase that you used. Yeah. Um, you, you were open to it. Um, but let's talk about how this particular musical project took shape and how you would like for that to be an avenue, as you said, um, to bring people to Christ in His church.
3: So this music project started entirely as an accident and it's a, it's not something I fully ever realized until it was sitting on my desk and I'm like, Oh, we finished something. Um, but what essentially happened was, you know, at the beginning of COVID, yeah, we had that time, that canvas, um, and, and music was a way for me of of processing all that was happening. Um, and I think for a lot of people, creativity perhaps was that outlet. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was very personal. I didn't feel any need to like, I, I'm going to make my best work during this time. And, and look at all the people in history who did that too. And I, For me, it was, I'm, I'm trying to process what's going on in the world around me. Um, yeah. And the Lord just sort of placed these texts or these videos or, or something in front of me. And that just gave such fodder for prayer and um, yeah. for my heart just to be a little bit at peace during a pretty unusual time. Yeah. Um, So the first track that was um, really like came through that time was a song called In the Garden. Um, It's a text by Fulton Sheen. Um, And and I was actually just like sitting on the couch watching YouTube and it just came up next in the queue. So thank you, Lord or Algorithm, whichever made that happen. But um, (laughs) a little bit of both, maybe a little of both. but it was a, a beautiful sermon that he gave on the woman at the well, and and you can look it up, and it's, it's all there. But um, he started with this poem that began, "In the garden of every heart comes the most beautiful story ever written. As planet affects planet, so too are we affected by you." And then he goes on and, and talks entirely about the encounter of the Lord and the woman at the well. Um, and as I'm listening to this in you know April 2020, I'm I'm just like flabbergasted i'm like this is just beautiful someone has to have written music to this someone has to have and um they they didn't they didn't Um, (laughs) and so for me i'm like okay here's this like this gorgeous text delivered by a, a completely venerable respectable beautiful person um man imagine what it would do if music was set to that imagine like if someone could hear that song in a way that's really transformative that to know that their heart as is mine in that moment like can be flung open wide exactly where it is and and be transformed by the lord um and so unite that to the encounter of the woman at the well um i mean completely powerful and beautiful and um wow. yeah
0: yeah so i i know and i a common question for folks who, who write music, who write songs, there's a common question, like what comes first, the text or the melody. And in this case, it was definitely the text. So what was some of that process? Did you just take it to prayer? Like what, what, cause you had the text. Um, how did the the tune emerge from there?
3: Yeah. So I think with each of these songs, that one too, um, the, the text was a part of it. And then, okay. and then there was always that question of like, so, so what, what does this mean? Um, so most of the songs on here are either entirely based on or very closely based on these texts. So, okay. um, the refrain is usually the place where I was like, okay, so what does this mean? Bring, bring it home. Uh, um, okay. yeah. and so that song, the, the refrain, I ended up just writing out just in a night of prayer and, and thinking about that and, and listening to him deliver this poem again and again. And, yeah. um, and the words just kind of came out. It just give me a drink of that living water. You can never want to thirst again. Um. So like come like cleanse my heart. I'm ready for that, right? Um so like how to take that personal encounter and really make it a prayer. Um mm-hmm. and so yeah, for me, I I the text definitely comes first. Like I said, I don't think I could ever yeah. um I can't capture truths like that on my own. I'm 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 a 30-year-old guy in a very rainy church here in Olympia, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's not that the Lord doesn't speak through that, but I, I right. do think that the, um, the the more I leaned into, you know, maybe my role here is to bring, like make myself a whole lot less, right? Like yeah. bring to light something that uh, the Lord has already glorified that maybe people just don't know. right. Um, right. And we have an abundance of that in our church. Um, yeah. And so to realize and then kind of more fully, even today, like be sitting down with these texts of, Um, saints from so long ago and, and looking at, you know, very old translations and and old, old English and and sitting with this, like, so what does the Lord want to do with this now? Like this is timeless. This faith is timeless. So, you know, what does a text from 1500 mean in 2022? Um, Right.
0: And to kind of bring it to life for the audience today, because you're right. Some folks might not pick up, uh, a book with these, these texts that you have selected, but the music kind of lets it emerge a little bit, maybe from obscurity. Perhaps. <laughs> or, um, <laughs> let's talk about that though. Uh, what are some of the other texts, Andrew, that you've used for this project?
3: Yeah, there's, um, there's texts from mostly Catholic saints, poets, and writers. So that was sort of the, the barriers we put on this. Um, so there's a very short song based on the song of Aragorn by Tolkien. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the, all that gold, all that's gold does not glitter and not all who wander are lost. It's, it's like his bumper sticker saying, um, (laughs) and that was actually kind of a funny one too, because I, I hadn't, I had encountered the poem and I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to write something on that one day. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then I was driving and I was listening to uh, our local station up here, Sacred Heart Radio, and Tom Curran came on and, and delivered that poem on a random whim. And, and then I'm, I'm driving some more later in the day and there was it on a bumper sticker right in front oh, of me. Right. And I'm like, oh. okay, Lord, we're going to sit down tonight. We're going to do this one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, tokens on there. Uh, there's a poem by Joseph Mary Plunkett, who was an Irish nationalist, and, and at that, a pretty controversial one. Um, but he wrote this beautiful poem called, I see his blood upon the rose. Um, and I, I mean, it's just fodder for prayer, deep, deep yes, prayer. Yeah. Um, St. Ignatius's Anima Christi is on there. That's the soul of Christ sanctify me prayer. Um, uh, blessed Fulton Sheen, who I, I, mentioned, um, a loose reference to St. John Harry Newman in a song called praise to the holiest in the heights, mm-hmm. um, And then my favorite personally, there's a a poem by Edith Sitwell on there. She was a a British poet uh, who wrote a poem called Still Falls the Rain uh, in the midst of the London Blitz in 1940 um, and kind of ties the the rainfall into the the bombing and the destruction, but uniting all of that suffering still to Christ who is glorious and who sanctifies all. Um, And so, I mean, that... uh, it's hard to read a poem like that in 2022 and not be stopped in your tracks and and realize how timeless some of this is and yeah. and that people before us have have suffered a lot and still found Christ's beauty through the midst
0: of that. So absolutely, um, a message we always need to hear. Mm-hmm. Sure. Where would people go to learn more about your music? You
3: know, Great question. So uh, they can actually find the recordings of all of this openly available on YouTube or Spotify by typing in wisdom to wonder, uh, which is another throw to a quote by St. Gregory. Um, okay. And um, they can also uh, find it on St. Michael Parish's website. Um, so the beautiful side thing of this project was that uh the parish here in olympia washington actually um, got together to record this in the midst of covid uh, safely Mm -hmm. and distanced Um, so this was recorded entirely by volunteer parishioners so um, there's about 40 40 of us on this that all came together and recorded it
0: oh that's awesome and as we direct kind of do our part to direct listeners to you Where do you hope to direct your listeners? Um, Ultimately, where do you want to guide them? Where do you want to point them to?
3: Yeah, I I encourage people to buy old books. Um, (laughs) Old books have amazing, beautiful quotes and texts in them. But, um, you know, I I think that there's a need for a little bit of not, I don't want to use the word revival because I know that has a a connotation. But um, I do think that people... Um, are hungry for beauty and hungry for truth. And the church has so much of that, but Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily what you're going to see, like sitting in the pew every Sunday. There's, there's a bit more that you can do to um, buy good old books and, and read and read what people have chewed on and thought about over these years. Um, If this project does anything, I sincerely hope that it encourages people to, to unpack this thousands of years of Mm -hmm. thinking and, and beauty. And,
0: um, and like you say, wisdom,
3: wisdom, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Wisdom that the church has to offer us.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for all your hard work and your yes to this project. You know, when it seemed like so much was on hold, it sounded like, nope, God had a plan for you right in the midst of all of that. So Amen. thank you for that. And uh, may God continue to bless you, your ministry and your family. Thank you so much for your time today, Andrew.
3: Thanks for having me on, Mary.
0: Since the song we heard earlier is connected to the story of the woman at the well, which you can read in the Gospel of John, I want to close with these words of Pope Francis in his document Evangelii Gaudium. The Samaritan woman became a missionary immediately after speaking with Jesus, and many Samaritans come to believe in him because of the woman's testimony. All of us are called to mature in our work as evangelizers. We want to have better training, a deepening love, and a clearer witness to the gospel. In this sense, we ought to let others be constantly evangelizing us. But this does not mean that we should postpone this evangelizing mission. Rather, each of us should find ways to communicate Jesus wherever we are. All of us are called to offer others an explicit witness to the saving love of the Lord who, despite our imperfections, offers us His closeness, His word, and His strength, and gives meaning to our lives. In your heart, you know that it is not the same to live without Him. What you have come to realize, what has helped you to live and given you hope, is what you also need to communicate to others. And with that, I wish you all a good week, and I hope you can join me next time as we continue to blaze a trail of faith here in the Pacific Northwest.
1: God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matreday Radio in Portland, Oregon.